Holy wowzers, everybody. <laughs> it's, uh, it's my final episode of Sex and Other Human Activities, the show that talks about sex and other human activities. My name is Sarah Benincasa. That is Mr. Marcus Parks. Hello, and it is not my last episode. No, it is not. Um, I am moving to L.A., and we have decided, although, uh, you know, I've got certainly gotten a lot of feedback from you guys that has been like, can you please do the show on Skype? It just doesn't sound as good. Um, and I was noticing that when I was listening to uh, a, a podcast, a podcast in ours that I Skyped mm. in for a guest spot. It just doesn't sound as great, and I, I don't know how to make it sound better. So until we figure out how to run an ISDN line <laughs> yeah. magically from here to and Los you Angeles. Seem, and you seem to get... Uh, Captivated by kittens quite easily. I do. Well, I'll be. I get really <laughs> captivated by shit, and yeah. it would just be very distracting. So, what we're going to do is we're going to have a new uh, a new host, a new mm-hmm. hostess. Now, I don't know if you will try out a few hostesses on air, or like they did on Regis and Kathy Lee <laughs> when they got rid of Kathy Lee. They tried out some people. Mm-hmm. Maybe you try them off air. Yeah, you know. Who knows? Who it, knows? It's, I got somebody. It's an alchemical process. It's oh, mysterious. Oh, I got somebody. I just want I want to surprise everyone. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's going to get surprised from behind. It's it's an awesome somebody, just yeah. so you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so this is my last episode. I brought extra makeup in case I cry. Yeah, good, I don't know good. if I will. Because you're also doing a show right after this upstairs. I am. And we have this beautiful new marquee here at the Creek in the Cave at beautiful Long Island City, 1093 Jackson Avenue, creeklic.com, on Twitter, at Creek and Cave. It is a multi-level comedy clubhouse and bar and theater and patio and fun space. It's got so much to offer. You have to come hang out here. It's it's the hip, cool place where the kids like to go. Oh, yeah. And uh, Marcus, I didn't even realize. I, I was so focused on getting in here that I didn't look up at our big, beautiful new marquee with two soaring owls on it, which apparently, what does it say, Marcus? It says, goodbye, Sarah Benincasa. L.A. is dumb. Yay! <laughs> and it's true. L.A. It's is dumb, dumb. It's a dumb city. Nobody reads. Uh, no, I don't think anyone there reads. I mean, I spent, I was there. I've, I've been spending so much time there lately, and I was there for... I guess about four or five days over, gosh, when did I get back? Yesterday? Yeah, I got in, I got back in yesterday. So I was there for like four days and um, had a very nice time, a nice time with all the people that that I was, that I met at business stuff. But I have to say, overhearing conversations (laughs) in public in Los Angeles is a trip because in New York, if you overhear a conversation, first of all, it might be in another language. Yeah. I think... In Queens alone, I believe there are approximately 132 languages represented just in the borough of Queens. Yep. So, it, you know, L.A., very diverse as well, but not quite as diverse as, mm. as we are here in New York City. Um, you might overhear people arguing about something in The New Yorker. I don't read that magazine um, because I'm not smart enough, and also I find it very boring. <laughs> Me too. But whatever, I understand it's like one of those good white people things to do. <laughs> Um, you might hear people debating politics. You might hear people going over, like, what is the hip new music that's happening? Depends. You know, depends on where you are, what you're going to hear. Um, but overhearing conversations in L.A. is invariably like, and I just feel like I'm really right for this project. <laughs> Everyone is so right for their projects, you guys. 
<laughs> oh God, it's a city of actors. It is. It's very strange. But so what's strange about it is that public places are often rather busy during the day because people are actors, so they have these weird schedules. So you see people going on dates in the middle of the day mm-hmm. or because they work at night so that they can go on auditions during the day. Or You see just the public spaces are more occupied during the day. Yeah. Um, restaurants, things like that at odd times because people are in there. They're writing their screenplays and they're doing their thing. <sighs> Marcus does not approve. <laughs> but thankfully, there are some good good New York people uh, who are out there who I'm very excited about seeing. Yeah, uh, there's a ton of good New York people out there. Mr. Nick Turner, mm-hmm. a favorite of the Creek in the Cave. Uh, of course. course. Yeah, who he's going to be spending the next two weeks here. Very exciting. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. He, he's here right now, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Well, him and Andy Haynes and Sean O'Connor, three guys who moved from New York to L.A. They're at Foxwoods Casino. They're at Foxwoods Casino. Which is a big deal. I, Nick was telling me on Gchat, I was very excited about it. And I was like, Nick, that's a huge deal. And he didn't seem to understand that it was a big deal. And I was like, no, that's – they. Uh, first of all, it's probably a nice payday. I mean, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't ask him, but I'm pretty sure it's a nice payday. I mean, they just have a, all that money in the casino. They just give them a big wad of it. Yeah. Second of all, like you're going to see a whole audience that maybe isn't used to seeing you, which is really cool. You're not just going to be performing in front of the hip kids in L.A. or New York. Like you're going to be performing in front of uh, old people who like to go to casinos. A lot of old people. I, I, Picturing those guys, if you don't if you don't know who these guys are, um, Google Andy Haynes, Sean O'Connor, Nick Turner. Watch some of their stuff. Picturing them performing in front of old people is just really <laughs> funny to me. <laughs> I think Nick gets very endearing to old people. Well, Sean O'Connor, no, I can't see it. Andy Haynes, I could see him creeping them out. I just, it's very confusing to he can me. Pull, he can pull out his molestation routine. I mean, this is not to say that these that these gentlemen are not versatile performers. They are, but I'm so used to seeing them in a particular context. It's like. I don't know. It's 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 like thinking about like um, fucking. I don't know. It's like thinking about Lil Wayne performing for a nursing home. <laughs> Hilarious to picture. Mm-hmm. Don't know if it would work in practice. Not gonna work out. No. You're gonna see what happens. Maybe they're failing miserably right now. <laughs> Who can say? I can't. You know what? Um, I want to tell everybody to keep your questions coming in. Direct them at Marcus. Mm-hmm. Of course, you're gmail.com. CaveComedyRadio at gmail.com. Keep your questions coming in. If you want to reach me, I'm on Twitter at Sarah J. Benincasa. I'm also at Facebook.com slash official Sarah Benincasa. I did not pick that name. My manager did because <laughs> <laughs> there's so many other Sarah Benincasas out there. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, there are a few, but, you know, I don't think uh, it's such a big deal name that you got to uh, put official. No. Um, but, uh, uh, you can, you know, you can hit me up there and, and find me there. And I'm also uh, Sarah at SarahBenincasa.com. So we, we get emails. Mm-hmm. We get emails. And the first one that we're going to go over today mm-hmm. is strange. Intellectual. <laughs> Academic. <laughs> Academic. There's a lot of weird emoticons. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, capitalized text. Yeah, thank God. Uh, this is one of the strangest ones. Uh, that I think I've seen yet. Yeah, and I mean, we get questions about um, all sorts of things. Depression, anxiety, OCD, bipolar. Uh, How do I get my girl to relax during sex? She's got vaginismus. Um, I've got vaginismus. What should I do? Uh, I just lost my job, and I'm too stressed out to have sex. We get questions about just a spectrum of human behavior. Mm -hmm. This, not so much question (laughs) as proclamation. Yes, Hey there, Sarah and Marcus. My name is... 
Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Jeffrey, and I live in the beautiful state of Maine. So I've been listening to all of your podcasts for sex and other human activities over the past couple of weeks now, and I have to say that I am a all capital letters. Big, raging, throbbing fans. Okay, so far I like it, right? <laughs> throbbing is like, oh, that's funny because we're a sex podcast. Okay. Mm-hmm. And big smile. Right. And then it says, you two are the best duo I have heard in a while. We Thank are you. amazing. It must be how comfortable you two are with each other. If you didn't have a boyfriend, Sarah, I would say just get it over with and fuck already. If you haven't yet, that is. He clearly hasn't gotten to the episode where we talk about having fucked. <laughs> 33 or 34, something like he that. He also, I think it's called The Big Reveal. Yeah. Um, he also clearly was stuck back in a, it has just listened to the ones where I do have a boyfriend because I don't yeah. have a boyfriend now. No, 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 not but, at all. But so he's past Sarah. Yes. Past Sarah and Marcus. Yes. And he says, but anyways, I wanted to let you know why I think you always confuse sex and other human activities with your other shows is because you use the same damn corny, elfish, jingly, super gay, happy song in the beginning of your show. Is that even true? No, it's not. This is the only show that I get. Yeah, I've never heard it on any other show. That ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding, ding. Uh-huh. That's it, my impression of it. And it says, well, maybe not all of them have that tune of the gays, but I know a few do. Nope, just this one. Nope, yeah. Okay. It says, but yeah, you're not getting old, and you're not losing your memory, Sarah, dear. You're just confused. Love you both, XOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXOXO
Um, I am a, presumably not the host of Sex and Other Human Activities unless I go to L.A., hate it, come back, whatever hostess uh, Marx is with is like, fuck this shit, and I get to like be the hostess again. Uh, I'm probably not the hostess anymore, so you don't have to bother following up with me. It's totally cool. <laughs> please, please don't. Please don't follow up with me. All right. Well, let's let's get to an actual question. Yes. A, yeah. a, a missive with a question. Yeah. All right. Dear Sarah and Marcus, first off, I love both Sex and Other Human Activities and Lost, Last Podcast on the Left. Oh. Fucking A. Thank you very much. And Sarah, your book is awesome. Thank I have you. read sections out loud to my boyfriend more than once. My question... I am sad and despondent over my friend, let's call her Sparkle. Sparkle. We have been best friends for a long time. For about the past decade, Sparkle has been in an abusive relationship. Mm. Her on and off girlfriend, who uh, this woman calls Chris, is a horrible mess of a human being. I've seen with my own eyes the way that she treats her, and it is not pretty. Here's a list. Uh, I'm not going to go into all of it. Yeah, there's a, it's a there's long a, list. It's a very long list, but it is, okay, uh, this girl is a drug abuser, a stalker, uh, isolates the woman, sabotages her other relationships and friends. She is deceitful, dismissive of her feelings, insists on making all of their uh, all collective decisions without her output, verbally humiliated privately in public. And this one is weird. She called a radio DJ to make fun of Sparkle and put her down on air, which is weird. Uh, constantly critical, unable to take personal responsibilities. Been out of work for eight years. Yeah, this is um, all pretty classic abuser stuff. Yeah. Uh, blames Sp- says when Sparkle confronts her about her abuse, she blames Sparkle for setting her off, or accuses Sparkle of being the real abuser. Yeah, this is very a classic. Yeah. You know, she's a sociopath. Yeah, invades her privacies. Uh, he, she steals phone records uh, to see who she's been talking to. Uh, she's emotionally volatile. Uh, she volleys between demanding all of Sparkle's time and insisting she needs her space. Uh, and money, uh, she gambled her Sparkle's money on the internet, stole her credit card. Uh, she's put Sparkle into debt, takes her money for drugs, uh, and by the drugs is uh, uh, weed, alcohol, and meth every once in a meth while. Meth once mm. in a while, that's good. Puts holes in your face occasionally. Yeah, occasionally. Uh, she uh, withholds uh, intimacy and sex, boasts of potential infidelity, uh, cheated on her. Um, she threatened her. She th- threatened suicide if the girl won't stay with her, threatened violence to her family, and uh, has violent impulses. This destroyed, is textbook, man. Yeah, destroyed her belongings multiple times, chased her with a knife once. And what it says is that Sparkle had a restraining order against Chris for a time, but it lapsed long ago. She was in therapy for a bit, uh, but... Uh, quit because the therapist told her the same things I did to move somewhere else and leave no forwarding address. Uh, and she does, says she doesn't have any relatives, but the girl who wrote uh, the letter, what should we call her? Let's call her Mindy. Mindy. Uh, Mindy uh, says that she lives in a large art loft in a major city across the country, far enough where this girl could sever contact and move in. Uh, but she just uh, she thinks that Chris will just get bored and go away. Um, <laughs> like so after a she, decade relationship, is she still involved? So Sparkle and Chris are still involved. Yes, 
So I think what we have here is a pretty classic situation where we've got um, an abuser and then we have someone who is very invested in being abused. Yeah. Who's and- who's very into it. She may on the surface complain about it, be sad about it, be upset about it, even try to get out sometimes. But she learned somewhere along the way that it is all right for someone to treat her like this. Yeah. She might not accept the behavior for other people, but she learned somewhere somewhere down the line that it was acceptable and perhaps even a sign of love for someone to stick with someone who abuses her, Mm -hmm. Uh, for uh, Sparkle, for Sparkle to stick with someone. Now, it's funny because if this behavior were happening to Mindy, Sparkle would most likely be like, you need to get out of that relationship. That's bad for you. But Sparkle being Sparkle, she thinks that this is what she's worth. Mm -hmm. You know, it's been 10 years. She's been told repeatedly i feel bad but i don't honestly don't know that there's anything a friend can do this is an addiction yeah and especially living across the country mm-hmm. i mean that the the only thing that she can do is convince this girl to move and apparently that chris is a, a deadbeat has no means to fly across the country and follow her because uh, her friend because sparkle is uh concerned that her friend that chris will follow her right. and hurt uh, in the friend. Her, the friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's – she just keeps coming up with all these excuses to not to not go and to not get out of this thing. Well, there's the classic advice to, um, you know, sever the relationship and start keeping a record of all interactions. And uh, she must have done that in order to win the restraining order eventually. Mm-hmm. But she – Sparkle didn't stay away from her. She's participating very actively in this abuse cycle. Um, it is almost, I would call it consensual abuse because she is participating in it. She's in with it. She's with her. Uh, presumably they live together. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, I, I think that what our, what our writer Mindy can do, who is not Mindy Tucker, the photographer, <laughs> <laughs> or no. Mindy Raff, the comedian. No. Um, it is made up Mindy. I think what she can do is talk to her one more time about it, lay out her case and add, I would add in, listen, you're allowing yourself to be the victim. You're playing a role of a victim. Um, As long as you choose to participate in this relationship, this shit's still going to happen. It's on you to leave. This other person's not going to stop. So you got to leave. And this is not victim blaming. This is just calling it like it is. Yeah. You got to leave the situation for it to change. And she says that right now, Chris is a, a quote, dormant stage, which means she's living with her and she's mooching off of her, but she's not being the, she's not being at her worst right now. So it kind of lulls her into a, it's, she's in a baby I'll change stage. It's right. like, baby, uh, just please don't leave me. Like I'll, It usually happens after, I'm sure it was a particularly bad incident. Like, I'm sure it, you know, Chris fucked up real bad and was probably horrible to her. Uh, and then hit rock bottom and then said, oh, baby, I'll change. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then it's going to end up building and building until it happens again. And in, in a relationship like this, like this girl, I mean, it sounds like it's getting worse and worse. I mean, she could end up dying. Yeah, yeah, in she could. Sa- in, sta- in relationships like this, uh, and b- that are extremely unhealthy, like this girl could end up in a body bag if she doesn't get the fuck out of this. Yeah, you know? and it's and I think it's okay to tell her that. 
You know, sometimes people need to be shocked like that. They need to be shocked into knowing, like, what the real world implications of being in something like this, what they actually are, especially if he's a, she's a meth head. I yeah, mean, I would be really frank about it. I would say exactly what Marcus just said. Like, you could end, you'll end up in a body bag. It's, it's up to you. And I would even say, as your friend, I can't sit by and watch you do this anymore. You've been doing it for 10 years. This is an addiction. I can't enable your addiction by just being like, oh, it's so sad that Chris did that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't believe Chris did that. I mean, it may come to a place, uh, Mindy, where you're just not able to be friends with Sparkle anymore. Leave the door open to her always. Let her know you're always there. But, you know, if it's tearing you up inside, you're sad and despondent. Um, you're basically, you know, being friends with someone who's an alcoholic who's blaming the alcohol yeah. in a sense. Now, that's not a perfect comparison because in this case, the alcohol is a fucking psychopath. <laughs> but you're involved with someone who has an addiction that she is not um, is not taking permanent steps to get past. Nope. And you can't just be there. Your job can't be to just always listen, listen, listen about all this bad stuff Chris does. Well, if yeah, if you know it's all this bad stuff Chris does, then then you need to leave. And I know it's hard. Like I was with somebody once who got really drunk and smacked me. And I was like, and this was just like a one-time incident. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, like he just hit me. And then thinking... Well, immediately thinking, well, it wasn't that bad. I mean, and he's really drunk and it didn't really hurt that bad. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to have a bruise. And it would be really embarrassing if like our friends found out. So I can't talk about it. Yeah. And immediately like minimizing, minimizing, minimizing. And that was just a one time, one time thing. Yeah. And th- then, of course, I, like I stayed with the person because I was like, oh, um, I was like, oh, whatever, like maybe. And you get into a place in your head where I- I'm actually glad that it happened because it kind of educated me about. I used to be like, why the fuck don't these women leave? Mm-hmm. But this incident kind of educated me because it wasn't, it, it, it was like, I was like, within the course of a night, I was like, well, I can't leave. That would be really embarrassing. And I don't want people to know about it because that would make me look bad. And maybe this is my fault because I did make him angry with that thing that I did. And you get into this place in your head where you you say all this shit to yourself that you're like, who the fuck am I? Now for me, this was like a one-shot incident, but imagine if it's happening over and over again for 10 fucking years. That just becomes your normal. Yeah, and like, that be, and this person is and and Chris stays with Sparkle because she allows her to do this shit. She allows her to act like an animal. Mm-hmm. Like she acts absolutely because I mean people that are abusers they might they will they'll cheat on their girlfriend or boyfriend or or whatever they'll cheat on them uh and they may even leave for a while but the moment they start trying to get into another relationship and someone sees how they act and how they actually are then they fucking leave they Mm -hmm. get the fuck out of there because it's not there's not a lot of people that will put up with that much abuse oh yeah and then they come back and they say oh i'm changed you know i'm so sorry i left you and then for some reason i mean i don't know maybe this girl is just the best pussy eater in the entire planet possible who knows (laughs) i don't know sometimes you just you never know what goes through people's head but i think it i think what we what you said when we began with this question that she i mean i'm sure she's been abused in the past oh yeah and she may even you know she may have grown up with abusive parents and maybe her parents weren't even abusive towards her she just saw her parents being abusive towards each other and And so that been just it could have been a verbal thing it could have been like you know basically implying that she was a piece of shit constantly or that no one maybe she grew up thinking nobody would ever want her and so when somebody does want her she's like oh no i have to stick with this i have to make this work Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, and, you know, and there are some people that even when, you know, they're actually treated well, they think, I don't deserve this. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've had that experience where I yeah. was like, this is person is treating me too well. Something must be wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, it just feels uncomfortable. Sometimes we want the familiar yeah. rather than the good. Yeah. I mean, I've for years, like, I, I couldn't deal with uh, a woman treating me well. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't like it. Like I just I was like I don't I don't know why this person loves me. Uh, they shouldn't because I'm a piece of shit. And if you do love me, since I hate myself, I hate any I hated anyone who loved me. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone who was you know on my side, I didn't want to be anywhere around them because I would th- I would think they're stupid. Yeah. It's like how can you not see wh- how big of a piece of shit I am? How can you not see that I'm an idiot and annoying? and awful and just a generally unpleasant person to be around how can you not see that uh and because they and i thought because they can't see that i thought well i can't be around you i can't be with you and it took me a long time to realize and to actually think like no i i deserve to be loved like i deserve somebody to treat me well and i don't want and I didn't want the girls that treated me like shit anymore. The ones that I used to pine over and write songs and poems about Yay. when I was at, when I was sad. Uh, and uh, that was what always. <laughs> anytime I wrote anything about a girl, then that automatically like that was a red light that she's bad news. Because <laughs> you found her inspiring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You were only inspired by the evil. Exactly, and now I'm inspired by the good. Like the good inspires me now. Like Nikita inspires me. And I talk to her about my ideas, and I talk to her about the things. And we inspire each other. And I, I think that's very important to have in a relationship. Oh, yeah. That's is, awesome. Yeah, you have someone – you need someone that inspires you, and you inspire them. Um, but sounds like this girl – I mean, she's just stuck in a fucking rut, and she doesn't know how to get out. Yeah, and Mindy, your, your job is to take care of yourself as a friend. So, you know, you talk to her. You give her a talk. You give her a spiel, which I'm sure you've given her a million times before. Tell her straight up she's probably going to die if she doesn't get out of this relationship. And let her know that, you know, she's on notice that you are not going to just you're not just going to enable this this relationship like she has a choice to make. She can come out and live with you or she can stay in the cycle and you'll always love her and you'll always stay in touch. But like, you know, there's only so much you can do. There's only so much you can take psychically and emotionally, too. Mm hmm. All right, so who who we got next? All right, next up, we got a sex question. Yes. Well, it's both sex, and uh, this one is a, a rare double whammy in which it's both sex and uh, mental health. Hooray! Yeah. So the the sex part about this guy uh, is that he's he's got a wife. He's in his early thirties. It's a very long one, so I won't read the entire thing. Uh, but of course, and I was saying earlier, he sent it while he was drunk, uh, which I think a lot of people do. A lot of people open up to us when they're. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so here's the the backstory: uh, is that they've been together for uh, almost six years and lived together for almost four. Uh, where are we going to call this guy? Uh, pumpkin. Pumpkin. All right. Yeah, this is kind of perfect for him. Says, uh, I guess I'll talk about sex first and shit. I would really like to get off together. We had a decent sex life when we got together, but it's gone da- downhill. Now I understand it, uh, or as I understand it, stress can absolutely destroy a woman's sex drive. I'd like to find a way to bring it back. Here are her stresses. Uh, her serious bo- uh, one. Uh, she had and survived cancer when she was young. Okay. Her serious boyfriend after that died at work unexpectedly. Three, after they got together, her dad was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer and had to have his leg amputated. Oy. In the middle of it all, her bo- brother was shipped off to Afghanistan. 
Uh, and these people, he said, uh, after and of course, like he married right before he left, and then the woman cheated on her, and they got divorced, and you know, a divorce in the family and something like that, especially with a soldier, is fucking rough, especially if you're close to the person. Uh, he says uh, he has no ties to his family, um, but. He loves her family. Says, after all this shit cleared up, we are now in a place where her job is in jeopardy. Uh, they both work at grocery store chains, and uh, she's going to go on strike soon, so they might lose the house. Um, and pretty much what it is, he he wants to have sex, but he's he's feeling bad about asking for sex. Like, she won't – she's not interested in sex at all. She has no sex drive. So essentially what his sex question is – uh, is how the fuck does he get back to that? How does he actually, how does he have sex again? And another thing is that he let himself go, hit 300 pounds, Oy. and is down to 260 now. Good which for is, you, Which man. is pretty, That's 40 pounds awesome. is in 40, shit. 40 pounds in 45 days. You feel good about that. That's pretty fucking awesome. And he's had 11 major car accidents. Oh, wow. Yeah, he says none of them are his fault. That's interesting because I'm very suspicious of that. Uh, that lightning don't strike 11 times. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and he says that he can't do missionary, which is her p- favorite position. And three, she three pump chumps him, which in, like she gets off extremely fast. Oh, good for her. And he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And after she gets off, she doesn't want to keep going. So okay. he has to jerk himself off to, to get off. And he, what he's asking pretty much is, uh, you know, is he an asshole for, you know, wanting more? No, of course he's not an asshole. And I think the the first thing I'll I'll get to is just the the sort of three-pump chump thing. I would say um, what they need to do is do a lot more foreplay, and it has to involve him. So her going down on him, her jerking him off, these Mm -hmm. different things, before uh, he has to be pretty close. He has to be very aroused and relatively close to the point of climax. Not right there, but pretty close um, before he actually enters her. So there's that. But she's not even into doing that these days. So um, I think if it's possible, it sounds like this chick could really use some counseling. Yeah. It sounds like he could too. If they're working at grocery store chains, they may have um, health insurance. Sounds like he, and he also works nights. Okay. Yeah. So... Um, if he works nights, that is, in one sense, a good thing because that can enable him to get into some counseling. Now, they may need to do some couples counseling, but uh, I think each one of them could individually use therapy because there's a lot of stuff going on here. We've got weight issues. We've got employment issues. We've got physical health. We've got death and grieving. We've got, um, you know, a, a, some kind of really insane record of, of accidents which I don't, you know, you know, I, I really can't speak to why that's happening, um. but that's not normal uh, or healthy. And I don't think you're cursed. I think that you must, you must be doing something funky in yeah. the car. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy three major accidents that were not your fault, but eleven, mm, something's going on. Yeah, get your whether you get your eyesight checked or I don't even know what the fuck it is, but something crazy is happening, and you're participating in some way. So you need you know, to get checked out. You know how some people just bad luck just kind of follows them around? Yeah, but 11? Yeah. 11. Uh, no, I'm just saying, even if it was 11 and only four. I mean, I've been in one. I've never gotten hurt. In, mm. I mean, I've almost died in a car accident, but I wasn't, wow. hurt, but I wasn't hurt at all. Uh, and hell, that was just last year. Um, and, but, you know, being in a car accident is not a common thing, you know, especially mm-hmm. a major car accident. And even if three of them weren't his fault, 
three major cars. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. And all of the shit that just is happening around her and her boyfriend. Yeah, it's you a know, bad some people just situation. have a lot harder lives than yeah, than the rest true. of us. And there's shit, nothing you can do about it, really. Uh, and it sucks that some of us have it easy and some of us have it really hard. And there's no real, well, you know, and there's and there's no reason it. fucking there's no reason why at all. I would say that uh, one amazingly positive step, as as we said earlier, is counseling. I think they both need to get into some counseling, whether it is pastoral counseling, if you're religious. Um, personally, I would advise against that. I would go with someone secular. But if you're religious and that's how you make sense of the world, then maybe pastoral counseling is what you need. It's probably free, which is a good thing. But um, I think also you don't need to hear, like, what you two need is to love Jesus more. No. That's, that's bullshit. That's not what you need. You both have are fucked up individually and collectively as a couple. <coughs> now, I'm fucked up. I'm not saying you're fucked up as in you're irreparably fucked up. I'm saying, like, you've got some shit going on that needs to be dealt with, and it deserves real time and investment. And... The number one thing you can do, Pumpkin, is to go to counseling yourself. And mm. the number two thing you can do is to really encourage her. But it's got to start with you. The change has to start with you. Yeah. And the uh, brain shit that he's got going on. Uh, it sounds like he's uh, agoraphobic with a touch of schizophrenia. Yeah. He um. needs uh, the 11 car accidents th- says to me that there's something happening brain wise. Yeah. So he needs to go and, and get help and get diagnosed. Well, for he whatever didn't, his issues are. Well, he's uh, his sister is full on diagnosed as schizophrenia. And then after she and then he participated in a study for families of members of schizophrenia. <laughs> and then he realized that he has to, he sees and hears things that aren't there. Yeah. So he, he has, has real he, problems. He has ghosts yelling at him at night. OK. So this and then the rambling nature of this letter also indicates that we're dealing with someone who might need uh, who either is wasted or has some mental health problems i'm thinking the latter in this case um so you need to take care of yourself and you need to go and uh and deal with with your problems and explain them to if you can a psychiatrist um but certainly you need to be in talk therapy which would be probably with a psychologist or a psychiatrist who will do talk therapy i think there's two things here you got to take care of what's happening biologically in your brain where you're hearing ghosts and seeing things like that that's not normal it can be treated it gets worse if you don't address it it's very important that you address it because these incidents tend to get worse if you let it go for too long so address that numero uno go to a medical doctor and talk about that then um, go to a someone who is willing to sit down with you once a week and uh, and talk to you about your relationship problems and all that jazz. That's very important. I think what – yeah, the, you wrote to us about your girl, but what's really happening that's more important are that there are problems within you, Pumpkin. And so we need to take care of you first because – you have to get your shit together and we have to make sure that you're cared for and stable before we can even begin to get into you helping somebody else. Mm-hmm. I agree. Until And as for sex, just keep jerking off until, <laughs> until you get to a place where you and the lady can really um, start to work on it. But I think you've got some more important things to work on first. Mm-hmm. Well, we got one more letter. Let's do it. Yeah, we got one more, and it's a follow-up and a question. Oh. Yeah, it's a question from uh, somebody. Okay, uh, I can't remember what we call this person, uh, but let's see here. I think... We're always making up names, and it's hard to remember sometimes. Oh, yes. Well, it was somebody that... uh, All right, well, one of the... It was a a teenager uh, from Croatia, 
Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, that uh, was just closeted, completely depressed, and just one end suicidal. But here's what, the, uh, here's what the update is. Hey, Sarah and Marcus. I wanted to check in to let you know that things have been going great for me. I've come out to everyone and reached a point where I'm so proud to be gay and can finally be creative. Yay! I'm doing my senior year in Europe with some of my relatives, so I guess that I kind of did run away. I have my depression under control with Zoloft, and life is good. I am writing to ask you for some advice about my cousin, who I will be living with. She's entering high school this year. Last year, her mother found another man and left her husband and is now remarried. Since I haven't seen her in a while, I'm not sure what else has been going on in her life. I'm sure she feels abandoned by her mother, who never really spent much time with her as she worked in a different country, even while they were together. She really wants them to be together, but they never will be. Recently, I've noticed that she seems to have issues with depression. I've noticed notes and writings of hers left around that talk about how numb she feels and alone. She's also talked about wanting to kill herself in the past. She's also a healthy weight, thin, and keeps saying how she wants to be thinner. I think she's developed an eating disorder. She rarely eats, and I'm not sure if she vomits or binges. She's clearly going through a tough time, and I want to help her. Her family is very old-fashioned, and I doubt they think anything of mental disorders. Since we're living in Croatia, I'm not sure that the level of mental health treatment is as good. I really need some advice. I want to help her, but I have no idea how, and it's putting a lot of stress and pressure on me. Any advice is appreciated. Well, I think the best thing you can do is to sit her down, give her a talk, and let her know that you're there for her. Um, and that you can that you are available to help and that she can always confide in you and talk to you. And I think it's worthwhile. I'm not sure what I'm really not sure what the, you know, kind of mental health care infrastructure is in Croatia. But if if there um, are psychologists who are available, who she might be able to talk to, I think it would be a good idea to seek someone out perhaps for her and just present her with the idea. Her, doesn't have to be her parents, present her with the idea, say, listen, if you need to talk to somebody, like, here's this, you know, this outlet. Now, I'm wondering if she speaks and reads English, because in that case, I could make some book recommendations. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of which would be I remember she's like 14. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of them would be called Reviving Ophelia, which is about a – it's sort of a a modern classic, um, which is about um, young girls dealing with – dealing with being at around her age and all the different feelings and difficulties that they have. Um, So there's Reviving Ophelia, but I don't know. Maybe it's been translated. I'm not actually sure. Um, I guess I would assume you guys speak Serbo-Croat. I'm not sure exactly what the language is. I think it's Serbo-Croat. I don't even Um, know that language existed. It does! (laughs) Uh, So I'm not sure, but um, I would say also... I figure you guys are multi – she's probably multilingual because everyone in Europe is smarter than everyone here because you all speak more languages. <laughs> so um, if if she is um, – if she's multilingual and one of those languages is English, I think that there are some websites that could really help her. Um, one, one group is called To Write Love on Her Arms. So if you Google To Write Love on Her Arms, I think that would be really good and that would be a nice place for you to start. Um, otherwise, I mean, you, you can't be her, you can't be her counselor, but you can certainly be someone who affects her positively. Yeah. And who she can genuinely talk to. And and I, th- I think it's important to be sure to, to relate to her. And, you know, and you don't have to tell her that, you know, shit's going to be 
you know, better. Shit's going to get better because sometimes it doesn't. Like sometimes shit sucks for a really, really long time, especially when you're 14 because a lot of time, time moves so slow mm-hmm. when you're a kid and when you want to get the fuck out. And, you know, you uh, – what are we going to call it? What are we calling this guy? It's not Pumpkin. Samuel. Uh, Samuel. Yeah, I'll okay. call him Samuel. Uh, but, yes, Samuel, you know what it's like uh, from reading your last letter. You know what it's like to be – trapped somewhere and to just want to run away and just want to get the fuck out of there tell her about your experiences yes. tell her about your relate to her you know as much as you possibly can because i know that would have helped me out so much when i was that age and going through that shit if there was just somebody that told me that you know somebody else that felt the same way that i did you know that helps so much to know that there are other people out there and that you're not alone in thinking the things that you think and doing the things that you do. And a lot of teenagers, you know, talk offhandedly about so like, oh, I wish I could die. I just want to fucking die. Just want to kill myself. No, if I killed myself, nobody would care. And that's not true. One. But if she's leaving, if she's leaving these little bits around, I mean, I think she, I think she wants to be talked to. Yeah. I think she wants to yeah. be helped. And yeah. knowing that, I mean, I play this role for a family member as sort of an older person and mentor who has gone through um, mental issues and stuff. And it, like Marcus said, I mean, it's it's invaluable. Like it's so it can be so good to have that. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, really all you can do. I mean, if she's got a very traditional family and if you're staying with them for, you know, the whole summer, then I think that's a, just a fucking fantastic opportunity to get mm-hmm. close to her. Uh, and then when you leave, be sure to tell her, you know, to give her your email address and just be like, I think it's just I think it'll be important to form like a very close bond with her mm-hmm. and to form a very close relationship. Don't force it. You know, if she if she doesn't want if she doesn't want it and she doesn't like back off until she does. You know, if it if you try getting in there and she doesn't want you in there in her life uh, closely in her life, then. You know, and it also helps with an extremely negative person to be just as negative as they are and to gain their trust. Yeah, and yeah then, TV is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> no one does understand. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's important. To, and, you know, and when you were 14, I'm sure you did this exact same shit and probably did the and had the exact same thoughts. And, you know, it's important to be able to, to relate to people, especially younger people, uh, to let them know that, you know, they're they're not alone and these thoughts are, are normal uh, and that, you know, I mean, someday shit might be better, but it might not. But, I mean, it's all on her to make it better. And anybody out there, you know, if you, you know, it's, you know, it gets better. It only gets better as if you make a fucking effort. If you sit yeah. around waiting for shit to happen and waiting for people to make your life better, it's not going to fucking happen. That's one point that I, I try to make over and over and that I think for me is, is uh, as I leave this show, is hopefully a takeaway point that I can leave for people is that... um your shit is generally not your fault. Um, you may have had all sorts of terrible things happen to you, and that's not your fault. Or you may just have been born with some brain bugaboos, and that's not your fault either. But simply saying, why is this happening to me? It's not my fault over and over again. You can say it for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Have a pity party for a little while. You must participate in your own care. You must participate in, in your own life. And that, that's true when it comes to improving your sexual life. At improving your mental life, your social life, all of these things, uh, you have to participate. 
Now, you can try different things and fail at some of them and succeed at others, and that's perfectly fine. You're not going to have a 100% success rate, but it's really on you. And that's one thing that I've learned over the years is that if I don't participate actively in improving whatever it is, a relationship, a job situation, financial situation, family relationships, anything, um, it's not going to – it's probably – not going to get better. Once in a while, shit just gets better. Sometimes you so, get lucky. You do get yeah. lucky sometimes, but you know you can't. Um, that's like going to the casino and just assuming that uh, I'm definitely going to win five hundred dollars. So I'm going to drop five hundred dollars as soon as I walk in. Yeah. Like you know, it, might it happen? Possibly. But um, you just got to make sure that you are an active participant in in uh, in your own health and well being. And that's that's pretty much. It's pretty much my takeaway message. That's all. That's that's the most important thing I think I have to say. Um, I have loved doing this show. It has been so fun. Loved having you. It has been awesome. We have done this show through thick and thin, through nervous breakdowns, <laughs> through <laughs> breakups, through hookups, through all kinds of things um, in our respective lives. And it has been an honor to sit here with you and to help these these folks out with a with our hard-won, goofy, disgusting, scatological, perverted, ultimately very loving form of collective wisdom. Yeah. And I love you, and I'm so glad we're friends. I love you, and I'm glad we're friends as well. All right, poopers. I'll miss, you the, I'll miss the fuck out of you. I'm going to miss you very much. I'm going to be like... Texting you just like, hey Marcus, what's up? What are you doing? Oh, how's everything? How's the creek? As are they still doing desserts? <laughs> um, how are things? How's Nikita? Is she still hot? Oh, good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, how? Oh, Nikita and I were talking about balls. Oh yeah. And this is another takeaway message that I have for everyone: wash your balls. <laughs> My friend Diana Saez, a com- very funny comedian often talks about the balls. Marcus's girlfriend, a uh, very talented uh, dancer, creative individual in general, Nikita, also talked about this. Wash your balls. Yeah. I wash my balls. I wash my balls quite. In fact, the lady, she uh, she commends me for uh, the the effort. Thank you. I'm going to go ahead and give myself a round of applause for that one. Yeah. I mean, on the effort that I put into my balls. You know why? Because I love getting like, that area down yeah. there. It's like, oh, God, You're like, yeah. I want to soap it up. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just, man, in fact, I'm like, so looking forward to getting home tonight. So you can just soap up your balls? And just get my balls all soapy. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everybody, it has been such an honor uh, being with you and, and having you bearing witness and listening to the stuff that we've talked about and writing to us and interacting with us. I hope that you will stay with the program after I leave. There'll be a little gap of a little bit of time, I think, and then there will be new episodes. Um, uh, give the your new hostess a, a very good chance because I think she's going to kick ass. And, um, yeah, if you want to keep in touch with me, I'm at sarahbenincasa.com. But your letters have really touched me and, and, and educated me and made my life better and uh, in some ways have, have saved some pretty shitty days that I've had. At other times, they've made me really sad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes they make us really sad. Yeah, sometimes I'm just like, oh, Jesus Christ. You're like, oh, this is so upsetting. It's Why? Very, it can be, it can be uh, extreme. But don't let that stop you because we can fucking handle it. Yeah, I would say yeah. more often it has been enlightening and it has been a really a, a wonderful a wonderful experience to get to talk to you about your lives and and for you to let us in like you have so thank you so much yeah. and i'm honored that you people like, trust us with this stuff mm-hmm. so, thank you 
Thank you very much. All right. Well, I have a going away party to get to, which is upstairs. Mm-hmm. I got to put on a dress, take a piss, down a margarita, probably have a flauta, and go and uh, and and do that, and uh, and and see the wonderful owner Rebecca, who's uh, who uh, is the patri the patriarchess, mm-hmm. the matriarch, if you will. Yes, if you will. <laughs> of of uh, of the creek in the cave. So, uh, we love you guys, and oh yeah, hit us up at Marcus Parks on Twitter and at Sarah J. Menacaza on Twitter. I love you guys. Thank you for uh, coming on this journey with us. Mwah! Goodbye. See you soon. <laughs>